Brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very happy Friday morning to you, May 19th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend on National Bike to Work Day. Oh, it, well, I missed it. Get on your bike and ride. <laughs> That'd be a long commute in for me. I was going to say, you'd have, you'd have to leave fairly early. <laughs> I'd still be riding yeah. my bike. So if you were going to ride your bike to work, coming from Vancouver, yeah, you're probably talking a couple, couple hours. I what? Oh, no, I don't know about that. You don't think it'd be two hours? I don't think so. No, oh, because, no? I mean, well, knowing me, I'd have to push. I'd probably take me two hours to push my bike up that hill. You might say, even find yeah. me cheating riding over to the Mac station See, and I'm then taking, taking the last account, leg in. I'm taking into account everything, going it up is, hills. It is uh, just shy of 18 miles door to door. I've measured it before from right. my house to the station. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think that could be done. Yeah, within two hours. Okay. I'll get, okay. Just yeah, for breaks, and I got to stop and talk to people yeah. probably along the way. The hill's and, pretty hilly coming and up. And then the I got to go up that long yeah. hill out of the tunnel. You need one of them new fancy electric bikes. I see those around. Those are pretty cool. They are kind of nice. My brother had a moped when he was in high school. Yeah, these are kind of the newer types of mopeds. Yeah. There's some sweet ones out there, and you'll pay a little bit for them I too. I think so. Yeah. I you're. you're for a good one, a grand at least, maybe, okay. I'm thinking, right in there. And probably more than that sure. if, for some, some of the higher ones. But uh, anyway, if uh, you're out and about and you, you see some bicyclists, uh, give them a little hand. Okay. Thank them for a National Bike to Work Day. And uh, so Bike to Work is not only about biking to work, but it's also to raise awareness about cyclists on the road okay so okay beware well. yeah, exactly. uh if you're out on the road i would put money down that our good friend ed longwa that's right he is biking uh to catholic uh, charities this morning i bet so he's biked here before and he does just what you said he'll hop on the max with max his bike as well to get up yeah. the hill. Uh, yeah. yeah that's, that's a, fine oh absolutely yeah Do that sure well, well particularly if your schedule is tight you know, you gotta you work within the confines of your day. That's a pretty good way to do it. And I see that all the time: bicyclists with their bikes on the max, on the max line, or or on the front of a TriMet bus. Ex- that's the yeah. other place you see it too. Exactly. So you had a big birthday, I understand? Oh, or are you having today. a big birthday? Let me just say, David, mission complete. <laughs> <laughs> Four souls were pa- placed in my care, and now today, our youngest son. 18 years hey. old today. Christian, happy birthday. It's 7 o'clock. He is still sleeping. Yes. Let's let's call him and wake him wake, up. Should we wake him yes, up? Yes, call him and wake we'll him up. Get him on the goes. air. How He's, you doing? Happy yeah, birthday. He, he can get ready. Uh, he can wake up, get ready, and get out the door for school in about 10 minutes. He's fast. He can He's, do that. Because yeah. he needs that sleep. And yeah. so he probably still has about, uh, oh, <laughs> 10 minutes before his alarm goes off this morning. But... Big plans uh, then for the 18th, 18th birthday? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I already have plans. I've got to get down to Awajamaya after work. Oh, We're going to yeah. pick up a couple of crab. We're doing the low country boil. Probably eating it outside today because it looks to be like a wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. day. He's got some 
gifts ready. Uh, so, yeah, I'll tell you what it is on Monday because if yeah, he is, in fact, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. But, nice. you know, the 18th is a big one Yeah. So for for us and our family. And so at least for the girls, they each got their first piece of real jewelry. Oh, OK. A, a, a very nice piece, something that they'll yeah. be able to have their the rest of their lives. Not so much for him, but we do have some good ideas in store for I was going to say, him. did you get him a nice new earring, huh? I got Just him some, the, yeah. No. <laughs> he, although, if I did get him earrings, he yeah. would walk right down to the uh, piercing studio yeah, and probably get, get him, that get done him in there so yeah, no. well i'm anxious to now you see now you you got to tell me off the air what you got oh okay now I'm, I'm i'm curious so uh, all right yeah. and then and then just come back and tell him whether or not it's good okay all right i, I will do that so well happy birthday christian i know you're probably still sleeping but yeah. uh We'll call you wake you up. <laughs> I, I I'm not done. He's only yeah. a junior. He's yeah. got a senior year yet to go in high school. But all right, you so, know, good good stuff though. Well, what what else you got coming up today? We should get the show started, yeah. shouldn't we? Yeah. Well, it was a frightening scene, David. This was incredible at the Vatican yesterday. A man rams through a gate forces his way onto St. Peter's Ooh, Square. Wow. So I've got actually a report uh, live from uh, from the scene in Vatican. Okay. Interesting story about if you owe a lot of taxes in uh, Oregon. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we'll tell you about that as well. All right. We got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. We're going to start things now with Kara Klein and Waymaker. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Kara Klein and Waymaker. It is 7-Eleven at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday morning. Hey, Michael Davis going to join us next. Common Sense on Social Justice, right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Memorial Day weekend kicks off the summer travel season, and Matraday Radio's Hail Mary Media app is the perfect road trip companion. You're always a click away from renewing your spirit with live Liturgy of the Hours from Mount Angel Abbey and a customized schedule of your own daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also features a stream of Matraday Radio's live broadcasts and podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, you'll find cool summer activities for the whole family on the interactive community calendar that integrates directly into your car's mapping program. Join the thousands of listeners who'll be traveling through the summer with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to materdayradio.com for all the details. Wherever you go this summer, spiritual renewal is just a click away on the Hail Mary Media app from Materday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 714 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we kind of talked about this yesterday. Probably see some morning clouds today, and we are, so at least in the greater Portland area. But supposed to clear off later today with mostly sunny skies, high of 85 degrees. Partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 57. And then tomorrow, kind of the same thing, probably some morning clouds, then partly sun in the afternoon, a little little cooler, high of 81 for Saturday. Currently, it is 58 degrees at Catholic Community Services of Clark County in Vancouver. And 57 degrees at St. Agatha Church in Portland. 
It's time once again to have a common sense discussion on social justice. Host Michael Davis is joining me today well, to bring us again a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. His podcast can be found on MatraDayRadio.com under our digital media pull down menu. Oh, Michael's joining us today to tell us what's coming up in his new episode. Good morning, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. So you, in your work, and also in what you bring forward on your podcast, you have an opportunity to meet and work with immigrants, people coming from other countries, looking to find a new life, a better life, or just really a, a, a new perspective on what's happening. Tell a little our listeners a little bit about, through your work, some of the ways you've been able to help our immigrant brothers and sisters. Yeah, so uh, I work for a major immigration uh, organization, and through that work, helping immigrants and refugees who land in the Portland metro area, just helping them find housing and figure out how to, to navigate jobs and things of that here. And then on the individual level through the years, just, you know, people who are trying to get here, maybe there's a small fee that needs to get paid and it's too complicated to change the currency. I just pay it with American currency from here and call it good and then guide them through the process of how to prepare to live here. Michael, is there a particular situation for immigrants coming to specifically Portland that really you you need to make special attention to uh, when it comes to maybe connecting them with community or faith community? Or is it really the basics, finding home, finding job and and, and getting children into school? I mean, is there a particular yeah. area that stands out? Yeah, I think getting them into housing first, just so they can. Um, and there are programs out there to help do that so they can just uh, have a place to rest and think straight so they're getting the proper rest and getting food but even before they get here if you're able to communicate with them before they get here is helping them understand how american society works on a few things and you can do some of that after but the one thing i do is try to break their illusion that american culture is like hollywood because that's okay. what they know well, sure. Any of us that you know, born and raised here, we understand, boy, the image of the U.S. Uh, is not at all like what you see on the movies. Joining me this morning again, I am speaking with Michael Davis, host of Common Sense on Social Justice. Well, something that's wonderful too, Michael, in your work and also on your podcast is you bring forward important issues that we need to be aware of and some of the, the struggles that, you know, people deal with here in the United States and especially in this particular case, immigrants, you have an opportunity to bring on some great guests. And that is the case in your upcoming episodes. Please introduce us to your guests so that way we can have some more of a discussion. Yeah, so today we have Pasian Sichaku joining us for the next two weeks on the podcast, talking about her experience as an immigrant from Africa and all she went through and how she settled long-term into American society. And also, uh, we've got a very important podcast that shows how she's taking a business that she runs and using it to help immigrants get employed, trained, and be, thrive in their own lives. So she's using her business within her neighborhood to create a just situation uh, for people. So uh, looking forward to these next two weeks with Passions. 
Pause hands. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Morning Blend. Let our listeners know a little bit about you. What country did you immigrate from here to the Pacific Northwest? Uh, thank you for having me here. I came here from the Congo, formerly known as Zaire, um, back in 1996. However, I left Congo in 1995, um, sometime around September of 95. So I joined my mother in Rwanda, in Kigali, in capital city. That's where my father, my stepfather, was working with uh, an agency that gave him a contract to work there. Uh, Previous to that, they had also lived in uh, Rwanda when the genocide broke. Okay. So I wasn't with them, but my sister was with them. So as they fled, they fled, they came back over here. So then I had to join them in Kigali. But unfortunately, the Rwandese um, people did not really allow us to stay there. The government did not want my father to be there because he had been there before the war. So they thought he was a spy. So we had to evacuate. Wow. So then we left. My dad uh, fled to Kenya with my two younger brother. My mom and I had to go back to Congo because at that time I didn't have my legal paper to uh, go to Kenya or travel too far. Because Rwanda, you could just cross the border by just walking. So that's how it was easy for me to just go there. And so I would wait a little bit longer than I wanted. So two weeks in that little town in Goma with my mom. We were staying with a friend. So uh, after two weeks, I was able to get uh, what they call here travel document to be able to travel to uh, Kenya to meet with my father and my little brothers. So then I had to wait there three more months to get my passport to be able to come here to the United States to uh, stay with my family. Paciance, tell our listeners, Michael and I were talking about how there is an idea that Mm -hmm. oftentimes immigrants have about the United States, you know, almost like everywhere you go, it's this city on a shining hill ready to welcome people. There's plenty for everyone. Is that an idea that you grew up with thinking about the United States? Yes. Um, uh, unfortunately for me, I never really thought too much of it coming from a very tiny village. I never really thought about America. So I didn't really think too much until I left and got to Kigali. And then I was like, I found out I was coming back here with my parents I was like oh America so I started watching movies and stuff I really did think that it was Hollywood like everything was just glitz everything was just shiny I was highly disappointed when I got here the next day I woke up I was like what this is a true story I told my mother I said I want to go back home I don't like this place so yeah people we have that image that thinking that America is just like all glitz and everything is just shiny and it's not I am having a common sense discussion and learning a little bit about the life of immigrants coming to the United States. Michael Davis is the host of Common Sense on Social Justice. He has a special guest joining him for his next two episodes. Pasiance is an immigrant coming from the Congo. Pasiance, I think people have an image or idea that when immigrants come to the United States, they're fleeing something very terrible. But, you know, growing up, life is actually very beautiful for families coming here. Was that the case for you? In fact, it was the case for me. Uh, I still miss home until this day. Uh, My grandfather was a farmer, so he had animals, he had plantation of rice and corn and all this great stuff. So every time we would go on vacation, so I didn't want to go back because we had fun with the animal. We had gold, cow, pigs, pigeon, everything, you name it. So we bought things like salt and soap and little things. Everything was just there. It was just heaven. It felt like we were in a garden. 
like of you know that Garden of Eden. So I didn't want to. I never thought about coming to the United States. I never dreamed of it. Mm. So coming here, I wouldn't say that I'm not happy. Too happy being here. There are so much opportunities here. However, home is home. So I was not fleeing from anything at all. Oh, I love that idea. Home is home. And uh, boy, that's uh, just really beautiful. But you have come to the Pacific Northwest. You are creating a life for yourself and mm-hmm. also creating opportunities for others who are also coming to the Portland area. I want to know a whole lot more about this, but I am coming up against my break. Michael Paciente, can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Sure. Yes. And it is 7.23 at Mater Day Radio. David Abrenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday morning. If you haven't done so yet, how about checking out our Hail Mary Media app? All the information is on our website. It is free. It'll give you some wonderful pieces of information. You'll have access to our exclusive audio, video, text prayer library. You can also tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio and so much more. It's Mater Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. Details on our web at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi, this is Tim Staples, Senior Apologist with Catholic Answers and an adult convert to the Catholic faith. Inviting Mater Day Radio listeners to join me for the 50th Annual Summer Institute in Catholic Teaching at Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center. As one of this year's speakers, I'm going to discuss some of the whys behind our Catholic faith, such as why be Catholic? How is man saved? I'll talk about Luther's most important question and what's all the fuss about Mary and more. I'll be there, and I hope you will too. Join Tim Staples, the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, Father Theodore Lang, and Bishop Peter Smith during this life-changing spiritual and educational retreat, July 10th through the 14th at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. For all the details and how to register, visit olpretreat.org. That's olpretreat.org. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way, on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway, next to Jesuit High School. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 
It is 727 at Mater Day Radio and publishing the names of people who owe taxes. We'll tell you about that in the news. And the scene at the Vatican yesterday morning was chaotic when a man tries to make way with his car into St. Peter's Square. Colin Flynn from EWTN News got the report for us. I'll have that story coming up in three minutes. Here is Rita West and Victor. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Rita West and Victor. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
And in your news, a frightening scene at the Vatican yesterday when an unidentified man drove a car at high speed through a gate at the Vatican Thursday. A guard stationed at the Santa Ana entrance fired his weapon in the direction of the vehicle's front tires, hitting the left front fender, but the vehicle proceeded onto the Vatican grounds. Colin Flynn, EWTN News nightly correspondent, posted a video on Twitter explaining the situation. Good evening. I'm standing outside St. Anna's Gate. This is a side entrance to the Vatican, to Vatican City. The Vatican Bank is in there. And this evening after 8 p.m., there was a major incident here where a man approached the gates in his vehicle. He didn't have authorization or documentation to enter Vatican City, so they turned him around. He then drove his car down here. He maneuvered and then he drove at high speed up towards the gates. He smashed through the gates. The um, the Swiss guard shot at his front tires to try and blow them out, but he continued on all the way up to a barracks that is right up there. I'll try and show you. You can't see it behind where the Swiss guard is standing now, the man in blue. So he made it up to the barracks, which is in Vatican City, and he got out of the vehicle on his own, and then he was apprehended by authorities. Now, again, the incident happened after 8 o'clock p.m. at one of the main entrances to Vatican City by car. It is located north of St. Peter's Square and next to the Swiss Guard Barracks. The Holy See Press Office explained that the man, aged about 40 years old, was immediately subjected to a visit by the doctors of the Directorate of Health and Hygiene of the Vatican City State, who found a serious state psychological mm. Alteration. Wow, scary. Mm-hmm. Well, people and businesses who have a big tax bill with Oregon could soon see their names publicized on the state's website. The Department of Revenue on July 14th will begin posting a list of delinquent taxpayers who owe at least $50,000 in state taxes. The department plans to begin notifying affected taxpayers next week. Now, those who respond by paying their balance in full or making a payment arrangement with the state will avoid having their names listed. Along with publishing the names of delinquent taxpayers and businesses, the state will also publish the name of any person held personally liable for business debt, the city and state where the taxpayer resides, the lien identification number, and the type of debt and current amount due. Affected taxpayers should contact the Department of Revenue Collections Division. I hope I'm not on that list. Yes, that would be good. (laughs) Well, this is real sad to report. And what a tie-up on I-5 yesterday. A multi-vehicle crash on I-5 south of Salem killed seven people and injured additional people Thursday afternoon, according to a news release from the Oregon State Police. Now, police responded just after 2 p.m. to a report of a three-vehicle crash on I-5 northbound at milepost 241 near the Santiam River Rest Area in Marion County. That's about halfway between Albany and Salem. Now, the initial reports involved two semi-trucks and one passenger vehicle, the police said. The cause of the crash is still under investigation. The seven deceased people are all adults, and there are multiple additional people injured. Mm. But police did not release any further details about the extent or nature of the injuries. The crash caused a significant backup on northbound I-5 due to on-the-scene investigation. And that investigation will likely take about 24 hours to conclude, the police said. More information will be uh, released after the families of the victims 
have been notified. Mm, boy, sorry to hear that. And that that is difficult. just in yeah. an instant how lives change. I'm wondering too if uh, some of the freeways down there might be still kind of blocked or something. Be aware if you're driving that way today. Well, if you have been to Newport, Oregon, you may have seen the Highway 20 road sign that reads. Boston, Massachusetts, 3,365 <laughs> miles. I've seen that sign. Have you? I remember the first time I saw it, it's like, well, that's interesting. Why would they have the uh, Boston, Massachusetts sign? But I'll tell you why. There's a reason for that. 2016, highway officials in Oregon and Massachusetts placed signs at the east and west ends of the road, marking Highway 20 as the longest contiguous highway in the U.S. as it passes through 12 states. Now, a bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers, including Oregon Representative Cliff Bentz and Lori Chavez-Dreamer, have sponsored a bill to rename U.S. 20 as the National Medal of Honor Highway as a tribute to U.S. veterans who have received the nation's highest military award. Oregon and other states have already designated their sections of Highway 20 as a Medal of Honor Highway, so the bill to adopt the federal designation was introduced in the U.S. House Transportation Committee on May 9th and is awaiting a hearing. So how long is this free, this highway? It is, well, from the Newport sign to the Boston, Massachusetts sign, 3,365 miles. What a great trip that would Wouldn't be. Wouldn't that? Just yeah. get, drive to Newport, start, take a picture, and then just document your drive all the way I into Boston. 20. I would do that. Yeah, I, and it listed the 12 states that Highway 20 goes through to get to Boston. I didn't list them all because it take long. But, yeah, it's interesting. You could go through all those 12 states. Okay. Uh, on my bucket list. There, there it go. goes. Next thing. Well, the Port of Vancouver, USA, will receive $3.5 million from the Washington State Legislature to remove its 100-year-old Terminal 1 dock. And the state's final 2023 capital budget included funding for the Port of Vancouver's next phase of its Terminal 1 redevelopment project signed by Governor Inslee. Now, the port plans to demolish and rebuild the dock that once supported the old Red Lion Hotel and Key Restaurant. Now, once replaced, the Terminal 1 dock will be home to public market. Now, the removal phase is scheduled to begin fall of this year. And in the process, 880 old wood pilings are going to be removed and then approximately 160 new steel and concrete pilings will be installed that will create a more fish-friendly and environmentally safe structure. Now, the port and its partners in the public and private sectors have steadily been investing dollars, laying groundwork, and clearing the way for redevelopment of the downtown Vancouver waterfront. It's going to be the place to be. Yeah, that's cool. This Terminal 1 market that's going to go there, It again, it's going to connect with everything that they've already done. Mm-hmm. I, it, it looks like it's a it's kind of um, planned after the market that uh, Pike's Place market oh, in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, right. All indoors, great fresh foods, uh, things That's you fun. can buy, shops, eating. I mean, it's yeah. just going to be incredible. So if you're heading from Portland to Vancouver, that would be on the right side or Left. the east. Uh, the left side. If you are heading north from Portland into Vancouver, okay, it is on the left. So the west side. The of west the side, because that's you know that's where the waterfront is. Right. It's all on the west, and it's it's right there. And and actually, the Red Lion went all the way up to the bridge. Okay. 
It's all the way there. Now, I know that there's plans with the new bridge, and I don't know if it's kind of maybe going over that, mm-hmm. but there's continued plans to get that waterfront to go under the bridge, and there's just more, and okay. it just connects miles of waterfront yeah. walking. Wow, that'd be fabulous. In sports, lots of college baseball yesterday. University of Portland opened a three-game set with San Francisco in the Bay Area, and the Pilots get the 9-2 to win over the Dons. Portland now 16-9 and in West Coast Conference play with two games to go in the regular season. In the Pac-12 on the road, Oregon fell to Utah 12-5. to The Ducks' first loss to the Utes since 2017. Oregon with two more games in conference play. And in Corvallis, Oregon State has wrapped up conference play, so they started a three-game non-conference set with Western Carolina last night. Beavers blasted the Catamounts 20-7. to OSU had five home runs last night to set a school record for homers in the season with 68. So what happened between the Ascension and Pentecost? Now, the apostles and the Virgin Mary joined together in prayer between these days, waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. In Acts of the Apostle, there's a short interval of days between the Ascension of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So what happened during those days and what did the apostles do? Well, for one, they devoted themselves to prayer. Immediately following Jesus' ascension, the apostles and the Virgin Mary gathered together in the upper room to pray. This is the same location where Jesus celebrated the Last Supper. All those devoted themselves with one accord to prayer. That so says Acts. After that, well, they replaced Judas with Matthias. Now, besides prayer, they were also quite active during these days. The act of the apostles explained it this way. During those days... They gave lots to them, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was counted with the 11 apostles. Mm. Okay, so we're back up to 12 now. Right. And then, well, they gathered for the Jewish feast of Pentecost. Now, the apostles and the Virgin Mary made the necessary preparations for the Jewish feast of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is the Greek name for the festival known as the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot in Hebrew. Now, this is, together with uh, the Peshat, one of the three pilgrimage feasts of Israel during which each adult male was required to be present in Jerusalem. So all of these things kind of help explain why all were present in Jerusalem and also gives some insight into what they may have been doing during this time. All right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, it is going to be a good morning for you to join in tomorrow at 10 a.m. It is the Care for Creation Prayer Walk in Northeast Portland. Join the Care for Creation Committee at the Madeline St. Charles Holy Redeemer and St. Andrew Parishes for the first prayer walk for climate justice. With this walk, we work to raise awareness of issues impacted by climate change and featured in the documentary, The Letter, A Message for Our Earth. David, I'll have you, I'll ask you to pronounce this if you can. Uh, Kuna Moquis? Yeah, yeah. I remember we had that on the story. Native American. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, my my suggestion, head over to the community calendar because you'll find the details yep. there and tells you where to meet for that walk. You can find the community calendar at materdayradio.com or on the Hail Mary Media app. Well, more on common sense on social justice right after the forecast. 
Support from Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, a clear path to financial freedom. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors helps business owners exit their business and retire with financial security. Information on how to get started with the business exit strategy plan and scheduling a no-cost consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 744 at Day Radio, some morning clouds and mostly sunny today, high of 85 degrees, partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 57, and then partly sunny again Saturday, little cooler, 81, significantly cooler on Sunday, 73. That's going to be chilly <laughs> compared to where we've had. been. Yeah. Currently, it is 58 degrees at the Pastoral Center here in Portland. And 54 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Eugene. I am back now with Michael Davis. We're having a common sense discussion on social justice. We are continuing our discussion with Ponce an immigrant from the Congo who is now in the Pacific Northwest in the Portland area. Not only creating a life for herself, but creating wonderful opportunities for other immigrants coming here. Michael Ponce thank you so much for staying with us today. Thank you. Yes, it's a pleasure. So, Michael, you work with immigrants that are coming into the country, trying to help them create a, a life and, and opportunities for themselves. How difficult is it for immigrants who have an idea for a job, a very specific type of business that they want to start? What's the process that you help them through in order to get a dream into reality? Uh, it can be a very long and difficult process. Uh, one uh, man, him and his family are refugees from Iran and they had to come here uh, to escape war. He was a movie producer there and um, couldn't, you know, he's having a hard time transitioning into Hollywood because he'd rather do it that way. But he's not able to because of all of the cultural differences and all of those things he's got to learn. So he's trying to figure out how do I even pay the bills? Of course, you got to wait for your work permit Mm. and that can take a while. And then you've got to... you know, just those very basics, if you think about feeding the family, just those things without a work permit for a while, and how do you pay rent? And then a lot of these rental assistance for immigrants is on such a short-term basis that most people aren't able to get on their feet by the time the assistance ends. So it's actually a very long and difficult process. And uh, 
just to put this pitch in, it would be good if the churches stepped up <laughs> and okay. really surrounded these families during that time. Oh, for sure. Pastor Anthony, now you had said in our first half hour discussion, you came here as a child, but still your culture, your Congolese culture is still such a part of your life. And well, you had an idea for a way to bring a part of piece of that culture here to the Portland area. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you do. So I'm a caterer. I cater for African events, and I'm actually expanding not to just African. I'm going to open to everyone. I'm learning how to cook American food as well. So um, my idea and dream is to um, educate the people who get here. Uh, because as I came here, the food was really difficult for me to eat. It's mm. totally different. Yep. And the taste and the spice, everything, the way they prepare, everything is totally different. So I struggle with eating. And I know I notice a lot of people in my community struggle with the food here, too. So I want to give them a little bit of sense that it's OK. You know, we're here. Those of us who got here first, we got it. Not that we got everything, but I know because I went through it. So you can. I have a garden now. Someone helped me with that last time. So I got a garden plot. So I'm learning how to garden stuff, too. So I want to teach people how to eat healthy because also eating is OK, but we have to eat healthy. Because I came, I started eating all kinds of food and all it started just like, you know, the health problem, my mm -hmm. skin, and I was just getting sick. It was because the food here is overly processed. So I want my people to know you can choose healthy food just because it's present. It's not it's not good for you to eat everything that you see. You have to go. I'm going organic. So most of my plates is going to be organic. Everything I'm serving has to be organic because I feel that it's very important for us to know what we're putting in our bodies. Our food here in America is overly processed. It's really just not that good for Oh, no yeah. doubt. I think that you could not have picked a better place, though, than the Portland area to really find an embrace of organics and unprocessed foods. Of course, David and I, we talk a lot about that on the morning show. And I, I can appreciate what you're saying, because even I look at my own family, that food is an important part of a family culture. When there is a celebration, when there is a even a funeral, mm -hmm. we gather around food. We break bread together. It is part of our faith. Yeah. Uh, and I love the idea that it's important for immigrants to recognize, well, we want to welcome them. So what do we bring them a meal or whatever? And well, it's not necessarily going to be appreciated in quite the way that we think that it might be. So if somebody were to come to you and they are, are preparing to uh, to learn more about cooking and the way that you cook, tell our listeners a little bit about some of the well, main ingredients that make up uh, your meals. I mean, we cook almost with everything that's here, but just differently. Uh, we have a lot. Of, we cook with a lot of spices, like uh, habanero, like you know, spicy food. Mm. I can make sambusa just like an Indian person can make it, but totally different with different spice, and it will totally this. It, it will taste totally different, but it's the same thing. So most of my, like I say, most of my spices come from Congo. I can't really find them here, especially there are a couple of them that my mom has to bring from back home. I can't really say the name in English, but um, can you say them for me in your language? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask my mom. So uh, my mom is not here right now. We'll have to ask her. Um, so a lot of those things are traditional that she brings yeah. from the village. Mm. So uh, things like smoked fish, you can find smoked fish here, but the way we smoke fish back home is totally different. Okay. And you, the smoked fish, you cook it with the peanut butter, in a, you put the peanut butter in the sauce and you put habanero and it's really spicy. You eat it with fufu. Fufu is like rice flour or semolina flour. It's like cornmeal. 
Okay. So you make it with that and you eat it with that. And we eat a lot of spinach. I eat a lot of spinach, vegetable, cassava leaves. Those like cassava leaves is almost like a delicacy back home. Wow. So Okay, Michael, I think we've got a great meal ahead for <laughs> us for sure. I think that's wonderful. Now you're taking this opportunity, recognizing that what you went through, mm-hmm. coming to the United States, changing your dietary habits, but now you're really using your skills to help others coming in. So tell our listeners about how you take this business and help those just right where you are in the neighborhood. So right now, it's I th- what I'm working on right now is working with the immigration to get certain certificate for my business to be able to uh, sponsor anybody who needs sponsoring to work here in the United States. But people who are already here who are needing just more of an experience on the resume per se or just experience so they can get jobs or to just get themselves kind of finding their way around. So I would hire and train them to get that kind of experience to have on a resume. If they want to go work for someone after six months to a year, you can go ahead and do that. Just give them somewhat of an experience. Because as we come here, you've never worked in your country. We just come here and then boom, you got to work. So uh, it makes it difficult for a lot of people to know how to get into the work environment. I was there when I got here at 16. I went to work as a waitress in the ice cream area. I really didn't know what to do. So uh, nobody was there to guide me. I wish I had someone to guide me. So I want to be able to give people those kind of tools to just know how to operate in the workplace to give them that knowledge. So the training part of it will be the big piece. Michael, you talk on your podcast about these large global issues like immigration and and the struggles that immigrants have. But you also in your podcast lead us to very specific ways right here in our own neighborhoods, how we can make a change. Well, what Paciance is doing is find a very creative way to meet people where they are and, well, help them with a new business, a, a, a new job, well, and a skill. Yeah, and I, a few weeks ago on the podcast, I was trying to get the concept across that you could take your neighborhood, connect it with a neighborhood in another country and create these supports in place, especially with the internet now. We can do that, but I was having a hard time conveying that thought. And then she comes on the the show and, and shows like, I can affect change in Africa right in my neighborhood in Portland by this kind of, it's the most creative thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I mean, that, that. right there. Oh, yeah. I love that uh, so very much. Well, again, what a wonderful opportunity for people coming here from one idea, what kind of business you've been able to build. Well, for our listeners, maybe who want to experience African cuisine, have you come to an event of theirs? Where can they find information about having you cater their event? Well, I am at PatienceCuisine.com. Well, isn't that very easy to remember? I like that so much. Well, Pasiance, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We look forward to hearing the episodes. Michael, thanks so much for joining us once again. Remind our listeners where they can uh, listen to your podcast. Well, you can listen to us on the Hail Mary Media app or materdayradio.com under Standalone Podcasts. And if you want more information on Passiance Cuisine, email us at sjcommonsense at gmail.com and I'll get you that information. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you both so much for your time. And again, that is Passiance and Michael Davis is joining us today. I will also be sure to add the links to where you can get right to Passiance. 
Paciencia's website. You're going to find those links again on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. Wait, maybe you're going to do a little garage cleaning this weekend. I hope so. And get rid of that old <laughs> vehicle. How about giving it to Mater Day Radio through our vehicle donation program? It can be an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page. Just have a couple forms to fill out. You're good to go. Really quick and easy process. And a likely tax deduction for you as well. It's Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi everyone, this is David from Monterey Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Matraday Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Some are morning people. (sighs) Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio, and wait till you hear what an 1,100-year-old Hebrew Bible went for. Yeah, we'll tell you coming up. And it is the United States Road to Emmaus, a Eucharistic procession going all the way across the country. I'll tell you more about it right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. The worship of idols is a problem that's as old as, well, the Old Testament. The golden calf that appears in Exodus is surely only one example of how the misguided veneration of an image can be taken too far. Today's saint, Epiphanius, was more concerned about this problem than most. Some might say a little too concerned. Epiphanius was born early in the fourth century. While still in his youth, he learned many languages, including Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. He soon entered into monastic life, where he spent a great deal of time using his talent for language to copy books. Under the instruction of St. Hilarion, he adopted an ascetic lifestyle. After some years spent in this way, he left the monastery and sought solitude in the desert. Here, he was beset by ruffians. 
He remained in their company for three months, but during this time, he convinced the thieves to repent of their ways. One of them, a man named John, converted, became Epiphanius' disciple, and went on to record many details of his life. By the time Epiphanius returned to civilization, he was famed for his holiness and for performing miracles. In 367, he was consecrated as Bishop of Salamis, and in this post, he accomplished much. He looked with great compassion upon the poor and was unceasingly charitable toward them. He became so well known for his generosity that those who wished to distribute alms often did so through him. He was also one of those who fought against the Origenist heresy. However, his overwhelming zeal for the faith occasionally resulted in controversy. He had a strong distaste not just for heresy, but also for many religious images, such that some considered him an iconoclast. In one of the better-known stories of the bishop's hasty actions, he happened upon a curtain hanging in front of a church. The curtain bore the image of a holy figure, and Epiphanius, who didn't wish for anyone to think that a mere man was being worshipped in the church, immediately tore it down. The custodians complained, so he later sent a replacement curtain. Epiphanius continued to serve as Bishop of Salamis for the rest of his life, and even nearing his 80s, his energy and passion never left him. He died in the year 403. Our faith is full of images and objects we associate with God. Paintings, icons, statues, rosary medals, the crucifix, and so, so much more. Looking in from the outside, it might seem at times like Catholicism is a religion of idols. Epiphanius feared it becoming one, and for good reason. Without context and guidance, people can easily get confused. The important takeaway here is to remember that we don't worship the images. The images assist in our worship, serving like signposts that point us to God. We're physical beings, so it helps for us to have physical things in which to anchor our beliefs. It's not improper to wear a scapular, and it's not heresy to paint an icon, provided we do it for the right reasons. Saint Epiphanius, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Dei Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. On Wednesday, the executive team for the National Eucharistic Congress announced it will be launching a National Eucharistic Pilgrimage in the summer of 2024. Now, the pilgrimage will consist of four cross-country Eucharistic processions collectively traversing the entire continental United States over a two-month period. The pilgrimage will begin during the Feast of Pentecost between May 17th through the 19th in 2024 from four origin points, San Francisco in the west, Bemidji, Minnesota from the north, New Haven, Connecticut from the east, and Brownsville, Texas from the south. Now, each route of the pilgrimage has a specific patron saint who holds a special significance to the regions the pilgrims will be passing through. Now, along the way, the pilgrims will make stops in major U.S. cities, churches, Catholic colleges, and holy sites. And parishes along the routes will host mass, adoration, devotion, praise and worship, and lectures on the Eucharist. Now, the four pilgrimage processions will ultimately converge in Indianapolis, on July 16, 2024, to participate in the National Eucharistic Congress. Though everyone is invited to join the pilgrimage, four dozen full-time pilgrims from each corner of the U.S. will make the entire journey. Wow. 
So there you go. That's it's an nice. incredible yeah. route that they have mapped out. No doubt. Well, who is going to be Oregon's next Secretary of State? That's anyone's guess at this point in time. Governor Tina Kotek needs to fill the position following the resignation of Shemaya Fagan, who resigned earlier this month after it was revealed she was working a side job with a cannabis company. Kotek told reporters during the media availability this week that she is taking a slow and deliberate approach, and she spent the last week thinking about the qualities necessary in the next Secretary of State, but she has not talked to anyone yet. Kotek stressed that she wants to make sure that whoever takes the job, that they understand that one of their primary goals is to restore confidence in the Secretary of State's office, citing the Secretary's role as the state's top elections official and overseeing other divisions, including state audits. Well, Catholic bishops at the head of Caritas in Africa have urged the leaders of the G7 who are meeting in the Japanese city of Hiroshima for their annual summit to take bold action to support African nations struggling with poverty, including the cancellation of unpayable debt, increased aid and fair trade policies. Now, the three-day summit brings together heads of state and of government of the world's advanced democracies, including the U.S., Canada, Japan, France, Germany, Italy, and the United Kingdom, kicked off on Friday. Now, with an agenda focused on Russia's aggression against the Ukraine. Now, ahead of the meeting, the bishops representing Caritas organizations of 23 African nations have appealed the governments of the seven most developed countries to deliberate concrete measures to help Africa address the multiple crisis it is currently facing. And in the statement, the bishops will voice their concern over the increasing poverty in Africa, which has worsened since the COVID-19 crisis. Now, this is pretty amazing. An 1,100-year-old Hebrew Bible that is one of the world's oldest surviving biblical manuscripts sold for $38 million in New York on Wednesday. The Codex Sassoon, a leather-bound handwritten parchment volume containing a nearly complete Hebrew Bible, was purchased by former U.S. ambassador to Romania Alfred H. Moses, on behalf of the American Friends of NAU and donated to NAU Museum of the Jewish People in Tel Aviv, where it will join the collection. Sotheby's Auction said that in a statement, it's one of the biggest prices for a manuscript sold at auction. In 2021, a rare copy of the U.S. Constitution sold for $43 million. So the Codex Sassoon is believed to have been fabricated sometime between... 880 and 960 A.D. It got its name in 1929 when it was purchased by David Solomon Sassoon, the son of an Iraqi Jewish business magnate who filled his London home with his collection of Jewish manuscripts. $38 million. That's something. That that is a lot of money. I am a little bit conflicted, though, with these types of things, especially sacred items like this, to be in the hands of a, in a personal collection and then sold for that kind of money. Yeah. It belongs to the people. So I'm glad that uh, it's going to a museum, it's going to a museum yep. for all to appreciate. Well, when a massive landslide washed out a bridge along State Route 504 leading up to the Johnston Ridge Observatory in Mount St. Helens this week, it stranded 12 people, one car, or excuse me, one dog. 
and seven cars. Seven cars. Yeah. On Sunday, a group of 12 people stuck around after closing to watch the sunset fall on Mount St. Helens. After the sun went down, a majority had left, but they didn't get far when they came across the landslide and headed back. So the group called 911 to make emergency officials aware of the landslide. And since they couldn't go anywhere, well, they shared photography tips and tried to make the most of a bad situation. Well, the following morning, a helicopter from the King County Sheriff's Office Air Support Unit landed in the parking lot to retrieve the 12 people and Nala, the dog. And it took three trips to transport four people at a time the short distance down the mountain to a parking lot on the other side of the landslide. Now, with no way down the mountain, the cars that were driven up there were left behind. The Washington State Department of Transportation said it doesn't have an official time frame for when the highway will reopen. But an official with the U.S. Department of Agriculture told KGW it would likely be closed at least a year. Yeah. Now, in the article, they talk about these people. They they went to their insurance to see if there's a claim or anything, and they said not unless there's damage to the car. As of right now, they are safely parked where they are and they can't get any help as far as retrieving their vehicles. That's crazy. So for a year, and some of these, I don't know of all of them, but a couple of them were just like 2021 model years. Right, yeah. So that's... uh, Yeah, the only thing you could do, and I mean, it would probably be incredibly expensive, would be to like airlift them out with like a big Chinook helicopter. That's right. Go to, yeah, a private company, have them airlift out. I I suppose it could be done, but yeah, if the insurance can't help you get it back, I don't know if uh, that's a possibility. That's bad luck for sure. That's a bummer. We saw those pictures from that airlift yesterday. It's, It's a big washout. It's a big, big landslide. In sports, they had to come from behind in the fourth quarter, and that they did as the Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers 108-103 to in the Mile High City last night. Denver now has a 2 to nothing lead over the Lakers in the NBA's Western Conference Finals as the series heads to L.A. for Game 3 tomorrow evening. It was Jamal Murray leading the way for the Nuggets last night with 37 points, including four three-pointers in the final quarter. Eastern Conference Finals resumes tonight in Boston with Miami facing the Celtics. Heat grabbed the home court advantage by winning Game 1 Wednesday evening in Boston. So the Camino del Santiago is a way to find oneself and faith and direction in life through the walking day after day across the Iberian Peninsula. However, an American and a Dane didn't find themselves on a hike across the famous European pilgrimage trail. They found each other. Now, Carton Burquist from Denmark and American Lonnie Linsmeyer both experienced that short sort of listlessness that causes one to buy a backpack, put it on and well, hit the road and hit the 500 mile long Camino. Now on their own path through life at the same time, it was something they both felt they had to do alone. He was a 24 year old medical student destined to seemingly pour over books forever. She, a 29 year old school teacher at a crossroads after a tough breakup. Now, both departed from the traditional start points in Paris within days of each other. Now, they first met in a forested area outside the city of Burgos. Well, little had been said between the two apart from a discussion of the weather. 
Well, that night, the two crossed paths again in the Camino Inn inside Burgos, and they thought that, well, maybe they'd explore the city the next day, which they did. Mm -hmm. And that set off, as they explained to CNN, a difficult 24 hours deciding whether or not they would fulfill their original intentions to walk the Camino alone or follow their connection, which immediately and joyously they decided to walk together. Nice. As it turned out, they chose the later option, and for the next three weeks, they traveled together. Now, after reaching Santiago, the pair decided that shared contact information or even agreeing to a long-term relationship, none of it seemed even remotely acceptable. So Carjan asked Lonnie there and then in the streets of Santiago if she would be his wife. Wow. Well, this story, David, happened 10 years ago. Now Lonnie Burquist lives in Denmark and works as an education consultant while raising their three bilingual children. That's very cool. You know what you have right there? What's that? You got yourself a Hallmark movie. Uh, huh? David. Am I, am I right there? You are absolutely right. Throw in some Christmas yeah. trees and... Uh, I'll tell you what. There's a good story. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. You need to, you need an agent. You need to start <laughs> writing that story yeah. right now. Well, coming up on Saturday, a wonderful event. And even if, even if you can't attend, please hold him in your prayers. At 11 a.m. is the diaconate ordination for the Archdiocese of Portland at St. Mary's Cathedral. All are invited to the ordination of James Ladd to the Sacred Order of Deacon. A reception will follow the Mass. Of course, James Ladd, this will be his transitional diaconate. Mm -hmm. He is on his way to the priesthood. Now, remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Hey, Terry Ross, host of Glory of the Mass. He joins us right after the forecast. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Matri-Day Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Matriday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News & World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. 
Learn more at up.edu. May is the month of Mary. Celebrate our Blessed Mother by praying more with Day Radio. Our powerful prayer team is waiting to hear from you so they can unite your intentions to Our Lady. Go now to the prayer page at matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app or call our prayer hotline directly. 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or tap the Hail Mary Media app and matradayradio.com. Let us pray for you. Throughout the month of May, Matraday Radio also honors our Blessed Mother with a series of insightful Marian reflections, her sacred mysteries that take us directly to Christ in the Holy Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and Matraday Radio's three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass. May is the month of Mary, and it's a special time for more prayer at Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.15 at Mater Day Radio. Going to see sunshine later today. Highs right around 85 degrees. Partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 57. And then partly sunny for Saturday, little cooler, high of 81. Even cooler Sunday, high of 73. Currently it is 58 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church out in Camas. And 54 degrees at St. Philip Church in Dallas, Oregon. Well, it is time once again to talk with our friend Terry Ross. He is the host of The Glory of the Mass. And on Terry's show, we get to listen to beautiful sacred liturgical music written by the wonderful Renaissance composers. Terry is joining us today because it's a special episode surrounding the Ascension of the Lord. And we know that while he was on earth during the 40 days after his resurrection, Christ ascended into heaven. Terry, thanks so much for joining us today. You put together kind of a special episode. Tell our listeners about it. Well, it's a little different from other ones. Um, I didn't find a Mass Ordinary, uh, another one that I wanted to use for Ascension, because I did one last week for Ascension, which uh, is celebrated in New York on the Thursday before this Sunday. Uh, so I, I, I chose a bunch of motets by various composers, uh, which I thought would be a nice break. Uh, the composers are from all over the place. There's a German composer, a couple of English composers, an Italian composer, a Spanish composer, a Swiss composer. And a Swiss yeah, composer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. So remind our listeners, when you said you put together a series of motets, what is the elements of a song that makes it a motet? A motet is basically... Uh, a piece that's performed in Latin. Okay. It doesn't have to be sacred. There are secular motets as well. But that distinguishes a motet from a song, which is in the language of whatever country it's from, or a chanson, which is generally in French, or one of those other things from other countries. A motet is in Latin. A motet is in Latin. Okay. And for these composers that wrote these different motets that you're playing in this week's episode, are these all originally composed music or can a motet, while still be in Latin, also be a parody like we've talked about? It can be. It can be borrowed from a popular tune, although none of the uh, motets in this particular show are borrowed. They're all brand new things invented by their composers. 
Oh, wonderful. Terry Ross is joining us this morning as we get a preview of a very special episode of the Glory of the Mass designed just for the Feast of the Ascension of Our Lord. Well, you talked about all of the different composers that you are featuring in this week's episode. We're going to hear a piece now from a particular composer. Tell our listeners about Ludwig Senfel. Ludwig Zentfel was probably, undoubtedly, the foremost Swiss composer of the Renaissance. He wrote many, many pieces uh, in the 15th and 16th centuries, um, including the one we're going to hear, which is called O Crux Ave, Spes Unica, O Holy Cross. Um, And uh, Zentfel was very well known in his lifetime. He's not as well known now, but... Church choirs, at least ones that do Catholic music and motets in Latin, know Zenful very well. Terry, in listening to all of these different composers with your ear, no matter what country they came from, and you said, of course, Zenful was a Swiss composer, and of course there are Italian composers and Spanish composers of this period of time. Is there ever a difference between the sound of their music that you can hear that brings in elements that kind of tell you, oh, this, he's an Italian composer because I can tell by this music, or Zenful is a Swiss composer because I can tell from this music, or was it just at that time the way that music was taught to all of these composers? It sounds uniform no matter what country they came from. A little bit of both. Uh, you have to remember that if we say to somebody, play them some music and say, is that classical music or jazz? Okay. Well, they will only know if they've listened to classical music and jazz and heard them described as that. And if they've listened to classical music and jazz, they may be just listening to a piece they've already heard. Um, and that applies here as well. If I, if you ask me what's the difference between sound between Zenful, for example, and Gallus, who is a more German composer, uh, and Guerrero, who's a Spanish composer, I'd have to say it's difficult to tell because the music at that time was traveled all over Europe because of the invention of printing. So choirs in Italy would be singing music by uh, Zentful, and choirs in Switzerland would be singing music by Palestrina. Now, you can tell, in, in a way, Palestrina's music because it's so clear and simple. And that applies also to Victoria and a few other composers. But otherwise, uh, identifying Guerrero as Spanish is not that easy. Mm. Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, we are going to play a piece of this music up for you from Ludwig Ludwig Zenful. And again, remind our listeners, what is the name and the choir that is singing this piece? The Ensemble Leonis. Leonis. O Crux Ave. Right. Here is a piece of that song. What a beautifully performed song. Now tell our listeners a little bit about kind of what we're listening to with this choir. Well, we're listening to a piece performed uh, that was written in praise of the Holy Cross. Mm. Uh, 
one of the most cherished uh, emblems of Christianity. Of course, course we know that. Uh, and Zenful was a, uh, was a very uh, serious composer in a way. He didn't write a lot of light music. Mm. Um, so we're listening to a piece that's meant to be extremely devotional. It is a very reverently yeah. song. Of course, it's slow in the beginning as it begins to pick up. And then everybody seems to be coming in with a little bit different music. Remind us what that is in well, the choir? The, the different parts come in at different times, singing the same words as okay. other people, but maybe after them. Think of uh, around like row, row, row your boat. Okay. So we're singing the same words, but it... At different times. And that's what's happening in this piece. That's what's happening in polyphony oh. in general. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Well, I love that so much. And it's wonderful, Terry, to have you join us. And, well, give me another lesson. I'm really becoming not an expert, but definitely an appreciator of beautiful sacred music. One of the interesting things to listen for in this particular program is a, a, a contemporary piece, not a piece written by a Renaissance composer, the only one in this program, written by Macmillan, uh, who's contemporary Scottish composer, James McMillan. It's called Data Es Michi, and it's a very beautiful piece. It's the communion uh, proper. So that'll be interesting to hear, I think. Oh, fantastic. Well, Terry, thank you so much for putting to this together, of course, for our listeners who want a full playlist of all the songs in this episode, they can go to our webpage, matradayradio.com, click on the Glory of the Mass under the programming schedule, and there you'll see the full playlist, including the song that we just heard by Senful, and of course that contemporary piece that you just mentioned. That's right, by Macmillan. All yep. right. Well, fantastic, Terry. Thanks so much for your time today. And again, thank you so much for introducing us to another great episode of the Glory of the Mass. Well, you're welcome as always. And it is 8.24 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday morning. Always great to hear from Terry, his great program, Glory of the Mass. You know another great program? What's that? View from the Pew. Oh, thank you so much. That's tonight, 7.30. You got a new one, huh? Uh, we're working on it. We're going to see what we can get together because nice. it was, uh, yeah. Good. Well, no, we'll wait to see it. Always a great program. And we've got so many great programs, Blazing the Trail, Living Stones, of course, of course Voice of the Shepherd. All of those, you can find them on our programming page, programming schedule, on our website, matradayradio.com, or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is looking for a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, psychologist, or licensed clinical social worker who is passionate about their mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to info at holyfamilyclinic.com. 
Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you. Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Modern Day Radio. And it is 826 at Modern Day Radio. So what do Newport, Oregon and Boston, Massachusetts have in common? Pretty interesting. We'll tell you in the news. All right. In a frightening scene at the Vatican yesterday as a man rammed through a gate into St. Peter's Square. I'll have that full report for you from Rome. Here is Teresa Peterson, and he makes all things new. You are listening to David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let's 
That is Teresa Peterson, and he makes all things new. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, a frightening scene at the Vatican yesterday when an unidentified man drove a car at high speed through a gate at the Vatican. A guard stationed at the Santa Ana entrance fired his weapon in the direction of the vehicle's front tires, hitting the left front fender. But the vehicle proceeded onto the Vatican grounds. Colm Flynn, EWTN News Nightly correspondent, posted a video on Twitter explaining the situation. Good evening. I'm standing outside St. Anna's Gate. This is a side entrance to the Vatican, to Vatican City. The Vatican Bank is in there. And this evening after 8 p.m., there was a major incident here where a man approached the gates in his vehicle. He didn't have authorization or documentation to enter Vatican City, so they turned him around. He then drove his car down here. He maneuvered, and then he drove at high speed up towards the gates. He smashed through the gates. The um, the Swiss guard shot at his front tires to try and blow them out, but he continued on all the way up to a barracks that is right up there. I'll try and show you. You can't see it behind where the Swiss guard is standing now, the man in blue. So he made it up to the barracks, which is in Vatican City, and he got out of the vehicle on his own, and then he was apprehended by authorities. Now, the incident happened after 8 o'clock p.m. at one of the main entrances to the Vatican City by car. Now, it is located north of St. Peter's Square and next to the Swiss Guard barracks. The Holy See press office explained the man, aged about 40 years old, was immediately subjected to a visit by the doctors of the Directorate of Health and Hygiene of Vatican City State, who found the man in a serious mental health crisis. Mm, Thank goodness no one was hurt. Yes, for sure. Well, people and businesses who have a big tax bill with Oregon could soon see their names publicized on the state's website. The Department of Revenue on July 14th will begin posting a list of delinquent taxpayers who owe at least $50,000 in state taxes. The department plans to begin notifying affected taxpayers next week. Now, those who respond by paying their balance in full or making a payment arrangement with the state will avoid having their names listed. Now, along with publishing the names of delinquent taxpayers and businesses, the state will also publish the name of any person held personally liable for business debt, the city and state where the taxpayer resides, the lien identification number, the type of debt, and the current amount due. Affected taxpayers should contact the Department of Revenue Collections Division. That's a pretty big tax bill, $50,000. That is a big tax bill. There's nothing like a little public shaming to force (laughs) somebody to give you a call. I guess so. Well, a multi-vehicle crash on I-5 south of Salem killed seven people and injured additional people Thursday afternoon, according to a news release from the Oregon State Police. Now, police responded just after 2 p.m. to a report of a three-vehicle crash on I-5 northbound at milepost 241 near the Santiam River Rest Area in Marion County. Now, the initial reports involved two semi-trucks and one passenger vehicle, police said. 
The cause of the crash is under investigation. The seven deceased people are all adults. There are multiple additional people injured, but the police did not release any further details about the extent or nature of the injuries. The crash caused a significant backup on northbound I-5 due to the on-scene investigation. Now, once that investigation happens, it's going to take about 24 hours to conclude conclude police said more information will be released after the families of the victims have been notified Mm. it's so sad to hear david you were just commenting about boy these adults in this car or van van yeah yeah yeah. passenger van very sad to hear i haven't seen any uh road reports i haven't looked yet this morning but I'm wondering if there still might be delays down in that area as they continue the investigation. So if you're driving, uh, it was northbound, I believe, I-5. Yeah, be aware of that down there in the Albany area. Well, if you have been to Newport, Oregon, you may have seen the Highway 20 road sign that reads, Boston, Massachusetts, 3,365 <laughs> miles. Well, there's a reason for that. In 2016, highway officials in Oregon and Massachusetts placed signs at the east and west ends of the road, marking Highway 20 as the longest contiguous highway in the U.S. as it passes through 12 states. Now a bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers, including Oregon Representative Cliff Bentz and Lori Chavez-Dreamer, have sponsored a bill to rename U.S. 20 as the National Medal of Honor Highway as a tribute to U.S. veterans who have received the nation's highest military award, Oregon and other states have already designated their section of Highway 20 as a Medal of Honor Highway. The bill to adopt the federal designation was introduced in the U.S. House Transportation Committee on May 9th, and that is awaiting a hearing. So have you ever seen that sign in Newport? I've never seen that sign, but I would would take that trip. Yeah. I mean, I would do it leisurely, too, in about maybe take two weeks to get out there. Just get on 20 and go out. There's the rule of threes. Have you ever heard of that when when vacationing uh, for travel trailers? This is what I learned. Never travel more than 300 miles in a day Uh and always get to your campground by 3 o'clock. Oh, interesting. That's kind of what they try to set up. So that way, because you, you got to do some unpacking and you right. want to enjoy where you're going. Yeah. And then if it's nice, well, you may want to stay an extra day. So sure. that could take, you know, a couple, yeah. you know, 10 days to get out there yeah. for sure. 12 states you go through. So it'd be pretty scenic. I would get one of those maps where you can put a pin or right. color uh, over each state that you've been in. As you go. Yeah. Well, the Port of Vancouver, USA, will receive $3.5 million from the Washington State Legislature to remove its 100-year-old Terminal 1 dock. Now, the state's final 2023 capital budget included funding for the Port of Vancouver and signed into law by Governor Inslee. Now, the port plans to demolish and rebuild the dock that once supported the old Red Lion Hotel and Key Restaurant. Now, once replaced, the Terminal 1 dock will be home to a public market. Now, the pub removal phase is scheduled to begin in fall of 2023 in the process 880 old wood pilings will be removed and then approximately 160 new steel and concrete pilings will be installed. That port has partnered with the public and private sectors. It's steadily being invested dollars, laying the groundwork and clearing the way for more redevelopment downtown Vancouver area. That terminal will be the new site of an market a closed-in market it looks like it might even be able to open up during the summer months so sure 
looks to be a nice waterfront walk. So you've got all of the new restaurants and things there. Yes. You've got uh, the Saturday market or the farmer's market happening on Saturdays Just a, there. about three blocks, two blocks right. north. So if you go underneath the I-5 mm-hmm. to the other side, what would be the east side of the riverfront there. That's like restaurants over there. So what is gone now is there used to be a Joe's Crab Shack there. Okay. So that has been leveled and there's still a Hoosong and Larry's okay. there. So the Hoosong and Larry's is going to be part of a new development on that side of the river uh, with some other things going up there. But that's going to now connect that walk and it goes miles all the way down the waterfront. Eventually, you land to McMinimins and oh, yeah. beaches. Yeah. And then just a lot of just riverfront walk. That's fun. It's like another great. Tom McCall waterfront park. Yeah. We've got it on the Vancouver side, yeah, too. Beautiful. In sports, lots of college baseball yesterday. University of Portland opened a three-game set with San Francisco in the Bay Area. And the Pilots get the 9-2 win over the Dons. Portland now 16-9 in West Coast Conference play with two games to go in the regular season. In the Pac-12 on the road, Oregon fell to Utah 12-5. Ducks first loss to the Utes since 2017. Oregon with two more games in conference play with the Utes. And in Corvallis, Oregon State has wrapped up conference play. So they started a three-game set with Western Carolina last night. Beavers blasted the Catamounts 20-7. OSU had five home runs last night to set a school record of homers in a season with 68. So all of these schools, they're wrapping up this week, basically, and then they will start their conference tournaments next week. West Coast Conference Tournament and uh, the Pac-12 Tournament as well. And uh, the Pilots, University of Portland, having a great year. And I've got to take a look at the standings. They have two more games in conference play, but... I mean, they could finish right at or near the top in the conference, second, third, maybe. I mean, maybe even possibly first. I haven't looked at the, at the standings, but they're right there. So, what happened between the Ascension and Pentecost? Well, the apostles and the Virgin Mary joined together in prayer between these days. So they awaited the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Acts of the Apostles, there is a short interval of days between the Ascension of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So what did they exactly do? And what did the apostles do on those days with our, as they were preparing with mm-hmm. our Blessed Mother? Well, first of all, well, they devoted themselves to prayer. So immediately following Jesus' ascension, the apostles and the Virgin Mary gathered together in the upper room to pray. In fact, Philip Kozlowski from Alatea points out that this is the same location where Jesus celebrated the Last Supper. Oh. I thought that was an interesting yeah. fact. In fact, in Acts of the Apostle, it says, all these devoted themselves with one accord to prayer. Now, they also, well, they replaced Judas with Matthias. Now, besides prayer, they were also quite active during these days. Acts of the Apostle explains that during those days, they gave lots to them, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was counted with the 11 apostles. Then they gathered for the Jewish feast of Pentecost. Now, the apostles and the Virgin Mary made the necessary preparations for the Jewish feast of Pentecost. Pentecost is a Greek name for the festival known as the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot in Hebrew. Now, this helps explain why they were all present in Jerusalem and also gives some insight into what they may have been doing during this time. All right, Pentecost, a week from Sunday. A week from Sunday. 
It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, something to mark on your calendars. In fact, next weekend on May 27th, Young Catholic Professionals of Portland's five-year celebration will be happening at St. Cecilia's Catholic Church in Beaverton. YCP of Portland invites all members of the community who have been any part of YCP to celebrate its five-year celebration. Archbishop Alexander Sample will celebrate Mass at 11 a.m., followed by a luncheon. Please register online at their webpage. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. So we have a second cup coming up, and it kind of revolves around a big day in your house today. It is a big day, big happy birthday, and we'll explain how the newest young adult in my household, or any young adult in yours, well, can maintain their faith in these young adult years. All right, it's after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's HelpOurMarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, We invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. 8.45 and Mater Dei Radio. Mostly sunny skies today after some morning clouds, at least in the greater Portland area. High today, 85 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight, low of 57. And then Saturday, partly sunny, 81. Sunday, sunny, a little cooler though, 73. Currently, it is 59 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 59 degrees at St. Joseph the Worker Church in Portland. 
The morning blend's not over yet. There's time for a second cup with David and Brenda. All right, so if you happen to miss the best opening ever of the Morning Blend, (laughs) all the way back at 7 a.m. this morning, you would have heard me announce Mission Accomplished. Yes. Because uh, the youngest in our family, our son, turned 18 today. 18 years old. And, you know, I was thinking, now he was the only one of all of the kids who was born in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah, it was like 1, 32 o'clock in the morning, something mm. like that, on this day, on okay. the 19th. Yep. All the other girls were daytimers. That's why he likes to stay up late. I think that That's set it. him up, because even when he was a little guy, he could sleep all morning long, but boy, he did not want to go to sleep before 10 o'clock. I mean, he could stay up late. Yeah, no, so as, only, as the only boy in the family, you have three daughters mm-hmm. as well, was he babied as a... Uh, you know, that's a funny story because when he, when I got pregnant again and the littler girls, they don't really remember, but right. our older daughter, Alyssa, for sure, because yeah. she was she was old, almost seven, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, mom, this has just got to be a boy. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I don't have a whole lot of control over that. It'll but be sure what enough, it'll be. They were so enamored with this. I mean, he really had four mommies just kind of yeah. taking care of him. But he did kind of turn into a little despot prince. <laughs> and uh, by the time he got to be about three years old, it seemed like the faucet just shut off one day. Those girls turned on him oh, oh, yeah. in an instant. <laughs> That's it. And uh, got him back under control. There you go. As best they could. Sure. So anyways, but yes, he's 18 years old, so I just feel like what an accomplishment yeah, to, to yeah. be able to do that. Now, he's a junior in high school. He's got one more year of school. Okay. So I still have my parental responsibilities, sure, of course. Sure, but, yeah. you know, he is that uh, a young adult. In fact, he got his, uh, you know, his... Um, not civil service, but uh, selective service. Selective service yeah. information in the mail. Of course, that's already uh, which I didn't even know they did anymore. They are automatically, yeah. yeah somehow I don't know. They've got a key apparently to the Social Security office. <laughs> they know when all these young yeah. men turn eighteen. But you know that's already maybe a consideration in his life. That's but right. What we hope as parents, and and a lot of kids we know, they go through this phase when they get to be about 18 to their, you know, mid-20s where they're kind of searching, Mm -hmm. trying to understand their faith. We do our best to impart on them our faith, to carry it on, but it's really up to them once they hit this stage to to carry it forward. Right. So I found a great article. It's on Catholic.net, Catholic.net, and it's called... 10 survival tips for Catholic young adults. Oh, all right, nice. And so I thought, yeah. well, okay, let's talk about it. So if you have yeah. a young adult, maybe you are a young adult and you know you want to, you know, know what to how to maintain this faith all on your own. Right. You know, Catholic Net's going to talk a little bit about it. So I thought we'd talk about some of these. Mm-hmm. So the first thing, I love this. It says number 1, embrace your rock star status. This is if you are going to church. Now, winner on the mountaintop it says sports and active life concept. Now, sometimes as young Catholics, you can go to a Sunday Mass or maybe even the daily Mass or adoration and be, we'll just say, the only dark-haired person in there, uh, I right? See what you're because saying. as people get older, <laughs> believe we, me, I know what we you're saying. We practice yes. the, the, them a lot, and you know, you yeah. look at a Sunday Mass, and well, it tends to be sometimes a lot of older folks, and so you might stand out. Well, CatholicNet says 
embrace that. Oh, nice. Right. That's embrace cool. who you are, you know, and maybe you feel like you are carrying the weight of an entire generation on your shoulders going, you know, where are all of your friends? How come they're not coming anymore? You're like, well, I don't know, but all I know is yeah. here I am. I always enjoy when the young person helps me get up from the kneeler. <laughs> Let me help you <laughs> up there, up sir. Thank you. And and then they, they put, lift it and, and bring it up and down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The other suggestion, this is fabulous. They say accept new friendships no matter the age difference. Mm. Maybe you love to make some Catholic friends your own age, yeah. but that's not always possible. And maybe not right now, wherever you happen to meet me, you know. Don't underestimate how kind, caring, compassionate, maybe even a little bit enjoyable, yeah, other generations yeah. of Catholics could be. You see, I always enjoyed my parents' friends. We yes. always had, always in, when they would oh. come over and get together, always had a great time. If yeah. we are having a gathering, there's the family group of us, and if it's at our house or even at, at our friend Paul yeah. and Sharon's, the kids want to go yeah, because they say it's just so much fun. Yeah. I think they get a good look at who we are as adults. The view changes the older they get. Right. Because oh, they yeah. really start to get a sense of parents as, you know, older people that sure. enjoy fun, enjoy each other's com company. And yeah. yeah. Uh, they do a Catholic neck remind young adults to continue to frequent the sacraments. Mm -hmm. It's so important to maintain that. And maybe you're not on speaking terms with God right now. Still try to have that yeah. conversation. Don't close off the conversation. Maybe I always, you're angry. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know? I was just going to say, if you're in college, I always appreciated the Newman Center. Oh, because for it, sure. it helped you keep that connection, but from a young young person standpoint, which was always very nice. Okay. Another tip they offer is don't dump your friends either. Maybe you've recently converted or just coming back to your faith after a long time away, and maybe you're getting serious about your faith. Your other friends may not understand this renewal in your faith. That does not mean to cut them off. Right. Right. Even if they're on a different path right now. Just always have that connection, and perhaps maybe your faith life will be an inspiration for them. Yeah, that's great. All right, let's see. I think we just have time for um, one more. Uh, they say to seek out Catholic conferences, retreats, festivals, pilgrimage, World Youth Day. Mm. In fact, our intern, Bernadette, uh, who was with Mater Day Radio last summer, right. she is going to World Youth Day in Lisbon. She's going to be our little reporter on the ground yeah, there, who's going to be sending us little clips and interviews of what she's going to be doing there. Uh, those are great. Young Catholic professionals. Yeah, you know, there for you go. For people in yeah. their 20s, you can continue to maintain that uh, that closeness to the Lord and as you try to make your way through these years. So. Yeah. Anyways, all great tips. I'll put the link to Catholic Net's article because there's a few more great uh, ideas that they have for you as a young adult, or you know, maybe you want to send it over to a young adult that might be in your household still, too. We hope you enjoy today's second cup. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Father Matt Libra. Please join me as we pray for unity in our church, our community, 
and our country. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Holy Trinity, unite us as one. Bring unity to our diversity, so that in one body and in one spirit, we may love one another and glorify you. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. Mater Dei Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.56. I'd look at the clock there. 8.56 at Monster Day Radio. Your forecast today, mostly sunny skies. Uh, high around 85 degrees. going to be nice. Low of 57, partly cloudy. Then partly sunny Saturday, 81. Mostly sunny Sunday, 73. So a little cooler. Currently 59 degrees in the Rose City. All right. Closing out our show today, here is Steve Ingrisano and Sarah Hart. May your kingdom come. You are listening to The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio.
That's Steve Agrizano, Sarah Hart, may your kingdom come. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my That's going to wrap it up for David and Brenda on the Morning Blend today on this National Bike to Work Day. I love it. So get out get out there on your bike and ride around. It's going to be a beautiful afternoon. Hey, thanks for joining us all week long. We do appreciate it. All of our guests, uh, folks in the studio, and you, our wonderful listeners. Hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. View from the pew this evening. We're going to tell you how hard it is for me and the good deacon to live with less stuff. <laughs> yes. I don't like to get rid of my stuff. We hope you have a very blessed weekend. Weekend.